Hi guys, you're very welcome to the Grad Life Podcast with me, your host, Rory Muggs, and I'm delighted to announce that I'm joined by Dan Lawler of Enterprise Ireland, who's based in France. How are you, Dan? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Rory. I'm really looking forward to it. I remember listening to this actually like a year and a half ago when I was doing my job hunt. So it's, it's cool to be to be asked to come on. I feel like yes, I made it. <laughs> good hosts and some good, uh, some good guests as well. Um, so I suppose, take me back to the start. Tell me a little bit about yourself and where do you come from? Yeah, so my name's Dan. I'm from Wicklow and I would have studied uh, international commerce with French in UCD. So I graduated that last year and I, during that time, I'd obviously I'd studied with French. So I'd done six months in Nantes on my Erasmus, which is a city in the west of France. And I really enjoyed living over here. So I kind of knew I wanted to get back. So when I was doing my job hunt last year, I was very much kind of focused on looking for jobs, not in Ireland. Um, and yeah, so I ended up getting the the role here with Enterprise Ireland in Paris and I've been here for a year now and um, yeah I'm loving it I've got a year left on my contract and then we'll see what we'll see what happens next but um, really been enjoying it so far and it's nice that I I'm getting to do something with my degree I feel like a lot of people who did the same degree as me they're all doing grand now but a lot of them stayed in Dublin or a lot of them are doing all doing interesting stuff but it's cool that I got to actually use the French and the international commerce to to get into a role that I that I like. Yeah, I know a lot of people who have just ditched the language completely and when, once you stop speaking it, you lose it, you know? That's the thing. Yeah, I, I actually got lucky in my final year of college, I started going out with a French girl. So uh, oh, that was that, that was, was a great, though. yeah. So I was acing all the exams and I think everyone was a bit jealous, but uh, for luck. <laughs> Very good. And um, so next question was, I presume you fell into this role due to your ability to speak French. So where did that start and why did you pick it? Because I know in Irish schools it can be French French, German or Spanish. So was it just by pure chance? No, I actually, I have a few connections to France. My, um, I have an aunt who's lived here for like 20 years. She married a French guy and my dad would have had a few French friends just from traveling over the years. So I was one of those kids where every holiday was over in France, basically. Um, and yeah, so I'd always kind of had a bit of French when I was like 16. I went to Bordeaux for a month and I worked in a restaurant and kind of just picked up French that way. So then Obviously, then in my leaving cert, I, I was I was doing French and then I'd always kind of liked it. I never, never really got into the level of fluency I'm at now, but I figured if I, I wanted to do international business, I may as well do it with the language. Um, and so, yeah, then I did international commerce and I my Erasmus, whatever. And but it was only like I was just saying there, to be honest, the only time I got to that proper level of fluency was when I was talking French with someone every day. And so that really helped me kind of get to the level where you know employment becomes a bit more feasible and so yeah I've always had these connections to the country and going back and forth but um yeah it's it's a great it's a great thing to have but it does it takes a while like it's taken me years and years and years to not not to make it sound like it's impossible or anything because it's not at all but you know what I mean it's it's something if you're if you're doing it passively it, it can take a while but then as soon as you get that month two months three months where for whatever reason you're speaking it way more you pick it up so quickly it's unbelievable yeah, because I actually went to, I did seven weeks in a school in tour in transition year. On the way. So I got, I got I landed into the school and I had to do physics, chemistry in French, and I wouldn't understood it in English, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. and But maybe the love just didn't really hit me. <laughs> you, but um, yeah, like I don't use French at all now. I did it for leaving certain, that was it. But I know, like, I, 
I was the same like when I was 16 and I was working in that restaurant I got put on the till because it was like kind of a like a fast foodie kind of restaurant and they stuck me on the tills the first day and they like had to take me off after I don't know 20 minutes because I was just kind of standing there nodding and just like I was like pay what you want you know it doesn't matter I can't understand you you can't understand me it's fine but um yeah but um I feel like a lot of people have that base level of French and it's funny you can get really far um, in terms of actually studying it but not pick it up properly if you know what I mean so I feel like there's a lot of Irish people who are like that who have gone through the motions and studied it and they actually do have a lot more than they realize but the thing they've been missing is just that one prolonged period of proper immersion where you're kind of because it's so easy for us even here I've been in Paris for a year and it's insane how many social situations you get into where the, you're, you're with like say for example Italians Germans and French people and just by default everyone has to speak English so yeah. it can be really easy for English speakers to never be in that position to be forced to speak the language which is where you get best at it so I feel like a lot of Irish people would be in that boat where they have the general knowledge but not the um you know they don't just have that final push to get them that final 10% to get them to fluency yeah and tell me a bit more about your year abroad then so you're not for six months in a business school, I presume? Yeah, so I was in Audencia Business School um, and it was actually, it was supposed to be for a full year, but I was one of the people that got cut short by COVID. But it was actually yeah. the opposite. It was the first three months were um, cancelled and then we got to go from January 2021 to, uh, what was it, like May or June, I guess, 2021. Yeah, so six months. And um, yeah, I went over with three lads from my year. The way it works in UCD for your Erasmus, I'm not sure. Did you go? You went to UCD, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on Erasmus. Not on Erasmus. Okay. But um, the way it works is you kind of have to de decide as like a group where as a whole year, like where each people go. Okay. It's not it's not really based, can be based on academics if there's disagreements, but it's cool. It means you get to go with your friends. So it was me and three of my friends. And um, I think we were like, the, maybe it was because of COVID or maybe it's because of Nantes as a city. I think we were like the only Irish people there like we didn't meet any other Irish people for the full six months but it was a great experience especially because it was nice to get out of Ireland after nine months of Covid and get over to France and um, it teaches you a lot about kind of this the stresses of because there are a lot of stress there I feel like there's more stresses living in France than living in Ireland in terms of like accommodation and documents and right. yeah <laughs> getting all of that stuff sorted out so it was a nice um like when I moved over to Paris then last year I was used I knew what to expect so it was a nice I guess training run for what I'm doing now but um yeah it was a, it was a brilliant year abroad um learned a lot made a good few friends um one of the lads he started going out with a um a French girl and they're still together now so he's actually living in Paris too so um no it was a, it was a great great six months and um also it was cool because what they they put us in a master's course when we were over here even though it was only our third year of the of the bachelors so we actually came out of it with like technically a, a master's degree in marketing so it's a really nice thing to have on like on the cv and on 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 my linkedin as well and in nantes i presume there's a lot less english spoke than in paris because paris is obviously one of the most, most touristy places in the world so when you walk down in paris do people automatically speak english to you it it kind of does happen yeah uh, people have this um obviously because France isn't well known for for being great at English but Paris actually because you're right because it's so touristy a lot of the places you'll go to they'll have a bit of English and if they uh, people always think I'm American um, and so then once they think I'm American they automatically presume I definitely don't speak a different language so I get it a lot where I'll have a bit of a twang to my accent and they'll switch to 
they'll switch to um to English and then you kind of have to arm wrestle them back to French. But yeah. uh in Nantes, yeah, it was very much all all French and it was yeah, it was it was good that way to uh to practice the language. But it's true. And especially like in Paris, I'd be living kind of right in the city centre. And so it's a bit touristy and uh but it's it's good. It's good because it just means you have to kind of I think this happens a lot to uh people living in Germany and like the Netherlands yeah. and stuff because their English is so great that uh, I've seen that complaint before, like online and on LinkedIn of, uh, you know, they're trying to learn the language, but it's tough to because everyone else is so good at English already. So there's a bit of that in Paris, but uh, as you know, like it's, you just kind of have to force your hand and be like, no, that's it. I, I want to speak French. I think you need to get a beret or something. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I've got the mustache, but um, I, might need to, <laughs> I might need to grow it out a bit more. <laughs> And then the next question was, what stream of commerce did you end up picking? Because I know that there's different kind of types. Some people can do marketing, some people go into finance. Did that did that play on your mind at all? Or that it didn't crop up too much for us because we're already kind of generalizing our degree by having the language. So like basically the way it works, um, you know, you have like each semester, you've got four business modules and two language modules. So there were people who did sort of specialize. I guess I kind of did, and I, I, my final year, I picked a few more marketing ones than, than anything else. But you don't really have too much scope for that with the international commerce because your 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 choices for the business degrees or for the business modules are already like, slimmed down. But um, no, coming into my final year, the one thing I knew was that I really wanted to work abroad, and so that's why I, when I like I presume if graduates are listening to this, they're going to be starting their or not graduates, students even they're going to be starting their job applications and thinking about this sort of thing. I think the most important thing is just thinking about the job you want to do instead of the modules you want to pick, because at the end of the day, those modules will only take even if you picked all marketing modules or whatever, and you just wanted to do marketing. The second you actually start in a marketing job. They're probably going to, it's great that you've done all those modules and I'm sure they can help you get the job, but you're going to learn so much more um, once you actually start doing the job you want to do. So I always, I, I think it's a better idea to kind of keep your modules general, try as many things as possible. And then when it gets, once you have that general thing, you can, it's, it, I, I always think that's more of an asset than a liability to, to have done more things in college and have tried more things. And then when it comes to actually looking for jobs, that's when you can focus down and say, okay, I want to do these marketing jobs. I want to do these, whatever, human resources jobs. And um, like for me, for example, the, the way I ended up in this role was I just, as I said, I, I did not want to stay in, in Ireland. I, I wanted to go to, to be honest, France or anywhere. So the two things I was really focusing on was the Enterprise Ireland graduate program and the Jemison one. And there was, there was a period of like, I don't know, like six weeks towards like January, February, where I was like, oh God, you know, this could... I could end up with a job I really like, or I could end up with no job at all. And luckily it worked out. But um, yeah, I think it's, if you just really focus on the on the actual job you want to do in whichever program or role looks most interesting to you and then kind of fire at it that way. That's what I did anyways. And I got lucky and it worked out, but uh, yeah. Very good. And living in Dublin, I know everyone knows the housing situation there. So after you've done three or four years there did that kind of did you decide there i've done dublin i want to get out because i'm not i've, I've finished dublin I'm, i've moved out of dublin as well so and i feel like a lot of people could be in that boat with the housing crisis cost of living crisis and things like that i think yeah it, it, it was it was just i'd always been kind of lucky with my uh apartments in dublin I, I was never one of those people who had to pay like 800 euro or anything i was always kind of you know just last minute you'd find something that's 
somewhat affordable. I think euro isn't bad these days. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like my, my brother is um he's in his doing a master's in Trinity, and he's living. To be fair, like he's got a grand uh room, but I think we're paying the same rent, and I'm kind of I'd be living in one of the most expensive parts of Paris. Yeah. And he's not living in one of the most expensive parts of Dublin. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of speaks for itself. So, yeah, obviously the price of things um, was a factor, definitely. Um, but also, yeah, I feel like I'd, I i don't know. I've Yeah, I've done my four years. I'm not saying it sounds like I went to prison. I enjoy, I've had a great four yeah. years in Dublin. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to do something new. And it was the fact that, like, I had the language. Um, I figured it's it's a unique thing to have I may as well try and leverage that to get a job elsewhere but like a lot of my friends as I was saying a lot of my friends ended up staying in Dublin because there is like with all the um, big companies that are there it's very not easy but there's a lot of employment to be had if you're looking for it so um, no I would definitely go back to Dublin um, at some point probably not for a, a couple of years but uh, yeah I, I think um, staying in Dublin it's 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 a grand option as well but it's just it uh, is. Dep- depends on the person yeah Hundred percent, yeah. Okay, so spoke a lot about France now. Uh, Enterprise Ireland. So, uh, what do Enterprise Ireland do for those who don't know? Yeah, so Enterprise Ireland, they they do a lot of things. I can't really, and it they it changes depending. I I think you've had on not you specifically, but there's been a couple of my colleagues yeah. that have been on already have kind of explained it. But uh, yeah, so it's a government agency, and basically the grand goal of it is to support Irish businesses, whether that be domestically or in global markets. And so in Ireland, that can be through, um, you know, grants. It can be through um, kind of paying for consultants to kind of give them business strategy plans. There's a million things. And I, I, I don't really cover all of that because I'm obviously in France. Um, and then so for us in um, here in, in Paris and in Lyon, because we have two offices in France, um, we're helping Irish businesses that want to either start or scale. So they're already here and they want to grow in the French market. And we're very much uh, kind of liaisons between French partners, businesses, buyers and the Irish companies. Uh, so we kind of link them up and are sort of a middleman. And the way we do that, that can be through us proactively, like looking for business opportunities that either of them mightn't have spotted and kind of pointing that out and bringing them together for meetings. It can be through kind of events. So if there's a big trade fair happening in Paris, we can a company can come out and we can bring them through and kind of introduce them to relevant people or maybe Enterprise Ireland will have like a stand at the trade fair and we'll have maybe bring like 10 companies and have them on the stand with us and so that way there's like an Ireland sort of hub at these big trade fairs which we're doing less of these days but um, that's another kind of key part of it and then there's also just kind of the more simple stuff so like even translations um which I guess is becoming less relevant because of AI and uh, all those good tools, but um, just kind of having the market knowledge and being able to know what will work and what won't. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things. And we also work as well with uh, kind of other Irish agencies in Paris. So obviously the embassy, Bordbia, Tourism Ireland, there's a specific Ireland French uh, agency called Network Ireland, which is sort of uh, like a collection of the, biggest companies that are doing business between France and Ireland so like Kingspan uh, CRH like there's lots of these bigger Irish companies that are have a real France focus so they have their own kind of network um, so yeah like the next big event that's coming up is on the 22nd of September we'll be doing a sort of it's actually organised by Tourism Ireland but Enterprise Ireland is participating so it's a, like a rugby focused event because it's the day before Ireland South Africa and so there'll be you about tickets 
I don't have tickets. I'm looking for tickets. Like I was at the Bordeaux match there. It was brilliant. And um, not the Bordeaux. Anyone match has there. tickets though. Yeah, honestly, I'll, I'll, pl- I'll plug my Instagram, <laughs> send them my way. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's the next kind of a uh, bigish event, I guess. But yeah, there's lots of different ways that we work. But essentially, I know that was such a long and probably wiggly answer, but you're kind of the middleman between um, Irish businesses that need need that to get to certain French partners and certain French opportunities. And is it kind of a hybrid role? Like, are you in, in the office or are you on the road or? Um, yeah, in terms of hybrid. So all of Enterprise Ireland at the moment has a hybrid working scheme. So we only have to be in the office uh, two days a week. I normally go in three days. I'm in the office Tuesday to Thursday and I'm, my Monday and my Friday is working from home. And then on the road, uh, there's I've, I've gotten back to Ireland a good few times. Um I've gotten back for uh, we had like a big international markets week. So that's a thing that happens in the RDS. It's it's actually not happening anymore. Last year's edition was uh, the final one. Well, I'm not sure the final one forever, but I know there's not one this year. And um, so basically the whole uh, global team goes back to Dublin and gets to meet all of the Enterprise Ireland client companies. And there's a lot there's. Well, I don't know how many come to international markets week, but they're, you know, it's, it's basically just a week of all these Irish companies getting to meet the global teams and learning about the global markets. And then I was back again in January for a showcase, which is kind of Ireland's biggest sort of creative exposition. I, I should have mentioned this earlier. So with Enterprise Ireland, my specific role, I'm on the consumer uh, portfolio, which I'm, I might, I can talk about it uh, in a sec because I'm kind of drifting here. But uh, yeah, so I was back for showcase, which is related to my specific role in Enterprise Ireland. And um yeah, so you can you get chances to go back to Ireland. I haven't had a chance to go to another country, um, but as well, like sometimes we'll link up with the office in Lyon. Uh, there was um, there's sometimes opportunities in kind of Brittany and Normandy because that's where, since Brexit, there's way more ferry connections and port connections between Ireland and France. Like I think it's gone up by ten or something like that. Um, so there's always lots of activity in kind of the north and northeast of um of france so yeah there's a bit of movement not an insane amount which i think is good because uh you know if everyone was moving everywhere it would be a bit all over the place but uh yeah it's definitely interesting in terms of there's varied activity that you that you're, you're not just stuck in the office all day yeah. that definitely helps so you said your role is in a consumer role so yeah so i'm my official title is market executive for consumer products and so consumer products is it's it sounds generic and it's because it is generic so consumer products is literally anything that can be sold like directly to a consumer so like examples in ireland because obviously it's not like the installation with with kingspan no it's not like that (laughs) (laughs) i'm not like like food and drinking uh well enterprise ireland doesn't do food that's board beer okay they do food i but i'll give so like for example in ireland like the big ones um would be like fashion apparel uh beauty cosmetics uh giftware then there's also kind of more generic things like there's a few irish companies that make um like uh what you call them fire alarms and baby wipes and horseware products and things like that so it's a very broad kind of span of companies but um yeah so i work on that with a colleague of mine because you know obviously i've only been in this role for a year you wouldn't be able to just jump straight into that um so yeah for in january the thing i was talking about their showcase it was it's basically a big creative 
uh, what do you call them? I was thinking of the French word in French, it would be a salon, but uh, I can't. Yeah, Hairdresser. <laughs> no, it's like a big creative exp- expo. I can't, I can't think of the word expo. in English. Yeah, expo. Yeah. Expo. There we go. But um, so I, I was back. We had 30 clients um, that participated in it last year. And so it was very much focused on fashion, accessories, uh, gifts, jewelry, cosmetics, that type of thing. Um, so myself, my colleague, we went back to Ireland with nine French buyers and two French journalists. And we were there for about four days. And it was um, really cool just kind of at the show, meeting all of the different clients who are sort of doing business with France, introducing them to the buyers. Um, and then as well, having the journalists there was interesting too, because they didn't have the best English. So I was kind of their translator, which was you know another interesting experience. But yeah, so with my role... I kind of there's that whole aspect of it and then obviously at the end of the day you're you're an international graduate so that you get given a lot of responsibility in this job which is which is brilliant but um there's also whenever there's an event you know you have to offer support doesn't matter if it's not like in your specific uh sector or your specific portfolio of clients you're kind of there for support I work a lot on the PR and sort of press and communications aspect of it all um so yeah, it's a really varied role and there's always something to do. And you're, it's nice because the day is filled up with lots of different things. You're never just focused on one specific thing. Wow, so you're, you really are the middleman. The middleman, doing it all. Jack yeah. of all trades. So would, a, would a typical day look like 100% French or a bit of English as well? Like, have you started thinking in French now rather than uh, translating to English? Is, has your brain gone that No. Actually, in the office, I know I've talked, spent a lot of time talking about French, but in the office, our team is actually mostly English speaking. So obviously we do. It depends. So our team is about, I'd say, a 50-50 split between uh, French speakers and English speakers. So there's a 50-50 split in the office. But it's just so, for example, say if I'm working on a specific project with one of my Irish colleagues, we'll obviously be speaking in English a lot. But then, um, for example, in June, May and June, I was working on this big project. with uh, one of my French colleagues and we were working a lot together so you know you're every day you're kind of speaking French in the office and having meetings in French and the whole event it's um it was the event was called Viva Tech it's this big kind of tech uh, startup festival and so we brought over six uh, Irish startups who actually work in like sports tech and they um they kind of pitched their idea to this sort of like audience of possible buyers and investors um, so I, I was very much just supporting on this. My colleague was the big kind of organized everything. I was there just on support to kind of help where she needed it. But it really sucked up a lot of our time. But that's the thing. So I was speaking French basically every day. And um, I don't I've, I've never gotten to the point where I'm thinking in French. My French wouldn't be that good now. But uh, maybe one day. Who knows? But yeah. uh like I don't know if I'd be able to do this uh, this interview all in French. I think and have you taken advantage of France, obviously having every type of holiday? Like, have you been down skiing down to the south or have yeah. you been mainly based in Paris? I don't know. I've been away a good bit this year, especially. I, I was skiing in Chamonix. In, I was actually skiing with a group of Americans. It was very funny. I don't I don't know how. Well, I do know how, like, they're my friends, but it was I only met them <laughs> since I was here. But it was weird being the only Irish guy. Like, they were making fun of my accent instead of the other way around yeah. <laughs> um but you yeah, know i've been down to the south a good few times i was in bordeaux last week there for the rugby um, oh, yeah so no any chance i'm getting to travel around a bit I'm, I'm definitely taking like it's a that's the thing about france it's a great uh country in terms of 
you know every place you go to so you've got the mountains in the alps you've got the sea down south in the west you know it's quite flat and you can go like on you know these big long cycles and stuff and then the north is the northwest is actually quite similar to ireland so uh you know it's a great country to travel around but then obviously like you're you're based in europe so i've done a few trips to like i was in yeah. vienna this year i was in slovakia um all over the place having a great time you weren't you weren't relying on Ryanair, so uh I, t- I think I was. I think I was running on Ryanair a few times. I have to. I have to admit, <laughs> take the man out of Ireland. <laughs> yeah, no. And the Americans. So, are you living with Americans out there, or what sort of community do you have? Is it mainly Irish people you're living with, or no? So I'm actually I'm living with um, an Irish guy and an Italian girl. So I got I got really lucky with my accommodation. That so my Irish roommate he was a friend of a friend, and so when I got the job with Enterprise Ireland, I just kind of sent him a text on instagram being like hey what's up i'll be moving to to paris um and he basically just said that his roommate was leaving and that if he wanted i could take the room because paris is an absolute nightmare to find accommodation um so i got really lucky that way and then in terms of like who i'd hang around with so yeah i was i basically i had a kind of a group of friends who were all teachers who were here last year and they were kind of a mixture between irish and americans so that's how i became friends with those american guys but they all ended up leaving at the start of summer because they were just on like a, a nine month thing so no i'd mostly hang around with we've got a friend kind of irish um italians um some french here and there uh, a few Fran-ish, spanish uh friends it's very international it's really nice um yeah but uh no it's, it's a cool kind of what's the word eclectic would you say eclectic group of friends which is uh obviously big nice to have big yeah. word big words from from the man himself and um so like a lot of people never been friends or maybe a lot of people have been friends but like french have a lot of stereotypes particularly the parisians maybe uh how did you find did you find they're welcoming or obviously you, you'll find welcoming people in every city but did you find it was a little bit of you know this is this is a dangerous question. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer that. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't put you in danger. <laughs> um, I don't know. Not like obviously some of the stereotypes are true. Sometimes you'll have date, but the stereotypes about Irish people are true as well. Sometimes, yeah. like uh, I think, I think on the whole, no, I, I really enjoy it here. Obviously, there's some days where some there'll be a, a a collection of like I don't know five small things that will have happened that are very Parisian, like someone. Like if I'm cycling to work and someone's roaring at me on the street and then like someone's kind of disagreeing with you in the shop. So stuff like that does happen. Like I feel like there's a big difference between Parisians and French people, uh, which you only really notice once you've lived here for a while. Like Parisians do kind of embody, um, I'd say, more of the stereotypes that are kind of traditionally known about France, um, but not to the extent that like people, you know, would would assume. Like every so often there'll be a small argument that kind of gets out of hand and it, it shouldn't have gotten that out of hand but no i love living here and i love i love french people like they're brilliant they're uh i feel like they speak their mind a lot more than we do yeah and if they have a problem they'll just tell you straight up which um obviously can be a shock sometimes but it's 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 a good thing and it's something that i'm kind of learning to do obviously because um yeah because i've been here for a while and yeah no the one thing i've noticed is there's there's a thing in france where they will very quickly if you if, say if you go into a shop looking for a certain thing the, the first response will be no we don't have that and then you have to be like can you please check and they'll be like no i can't check we don't have it and then you have to ask a third time can you please check and then they normally have it there's like a there's like a three no's that you have to that you have to go through before you yeah, find a yeah. bit of that barrier and so like you see that in um in business sometimes like when you're connecting a 
uh, like doing something with a client or whatever and you're talking with a French partner and they're like, no, 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 that's not possible. And then it's like, are you sure it's not possible? And you go back and they're like, no, 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 you can't do it that way. And then are, are you sure you can't do it that way? And then eventually it's it's fine. But um, no, the class, I still, I've been here for a year. I still haven't had frog's legs. I still haven't had snails. Um, you have to yeah. try it. Maybe I'll <laughs> Uh, yeah but, you haven't started uh, smoking so <laughs> <laughs> not yet not yet haven't been haven't been stressed up and out for that <laughs> okay uh last one or two questions then i'll ask you. so this is kind of a very generic podcast question but if you're to give your 18 year old self any advice what would it be never just give up going. on your dreams yeah just keep <laughs> going blood sweat and tears um i don't know what, what would i yeah just uh I'm I'm very happy with with how things have are turning out. You know, I'm I'm liking being over here. I'm liking my job. I'm my college experience was very fun. So I'd say just yeah, it's my 18 year old self. Keep your chin up. Never give up on your dreams. Anything is possible if you believe in yourself. Um, no, I I I, I don't know. I, I <laughs> I'm not too good at answering these types of questions to be honest with you. But um, yeah. But to, if there's any 18 year old out there listening who's just starting college, I would say just enjoy it and um if i remember before you know it yeah well yeah that's the thing it goes by quick and i remember my first year of college i actually i had to live at home and i'm i I said earlier i'm from wicklow so it was like a hour-long trek in and out of college every day so definitely my first year of college was my least favorite and there was a period of uh, so i don't know how long where i just wasn't enjoying it that much but uh stick through it and you know it gets you know they're the best the best years of your life that's what people say. Yeah. Oh, I'm missing that now. And now that you're saying it, <laughs> <laughs> you're only out of it like three months. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and uh, so, what's the future for Dan Lawler? A few more years in France? Yeah, I've had a few people ask me that actually. What What's my plan for uh, for next year? I'm not too sure. Um, I will probably have to start applying for jobs again in maybe six months' time. I've been really interested in. Um, so basically. France, I, I should have mentioned this earlier when I was on my, my France spiel, but it's one of the fastest growing languages in the world because of how widely it's spoken in Africa. And so there's about 14 countries in kind of Western and uh, kind of yeah. nor- Northwestern and Southwestern Africa where it's, if it's not the official language, it's kind of the lingua franca. It's like the language that everyone speaks in terms of business and politics and all that stuff. Um, so there's, a lot of actual there's a lot of job opportunities for people who can speak English and French in Africa and obviously it would be a super interesting place to work in so that's definitely on my radar um but in terms of how I'd actually go about that that's a, a different question I feel like but I feel like that would be a really interesting thing to do before you know before I turn whatever uh like get to my late 20s and kind of want to start thinking about coming back to Ireland and things being a bit more stable so definitely I'd, I'd like to try and work in Africa at some stage um and yeah, I love Paris. Uh, I probably will look for jobs in Paris and try and um, and try and stay on here as well. Um, the thing with the graduate program is they can't. There's no way of extending your contract. You're on a two-year contract, so the only yeah. way to stay with Enterprise Ireland is if you. Uh, so my position is called a market executive. It's a very fancy title for because it's just a fancy title. So then above me is a market advisor. So that's what uh, all my colleagues would be their market advisors. And then above that is a senior market advisor. So the only way you can really stay on an enterprise Ireland is if a market advisor position opens up and then you apply to that and go through the whole process. There's no kind of contract, uh, contract extension. So that would be another option that I'd have, um, I guess. 
But uh, yeah, at the moment, I haven't been thinking about it too much. I'm definitely in the next three or four months, it'll be, I'll be doing some brainstorming and, and seeing what the future holds. But hopefully it holds good things. That's all, that's all you can hope for. Very good. Thanks a million, Dan, for joining me today. Um, Thanks. That was a lovely conversation. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, mind yourself, right? You too. Have a good evening.